Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today, I am chatting with Hannah Pillow. She is the revolutionary conversation guru, and she loves all things cross-cultural communications. So we're going to dive into that segment. But before we do, I'm going to have Hannah introduce herself so you can know who she is, what she does, and where she's located, because she is definitely a woman on a mission, and you want to tap in with her. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, Genesis. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. It was great. Uh, yeah, I am the revolutionary conversation guru. I am so passionate about cross-cultural and multicultural um, communications. So I have a BA honors degree in communications. I am a multicultural woman myself. I am South African but of Indian heritage, as you can see. And um, I grew up in South Africa. I was born in South Africa. And then I lived in Istanbul for two years. And now I live in Manchester, England. So I have quite a rich experience of cross cultures as well, uh, as been raised in multiple different uh, situations. I was also married into a Pakistani South African family as well. So my experience is quite intense with it. Uh, I am starting a, a coaching program for people who need help with cross-cultural communications, more specifically for people who have like maybe have someone who married into their family who is very different from them, you know, like a different race, a different religion, um, a different culture, and they're having struggles with connecting to them, and then I'm your go-to person. Also, if you may be in your friend circle, you have someone who is a bit, um, you know, who's different as well. I'm your go-to person. That's what I do. Wow. And that is amazing because if you look at the world today, there's so many mixed races. There's so many people who have traveled abroad and they don't want to go back to their hometown because they saw other experiences that just made them you know, really complete and fulfill them because it was something different than they were used to. And it opened their eyes to endless possibilities. So being a cultural, sorry about that, y'all, being a woman from a mixed cultural background, would you say your background helped you become the woman you are today because you saw things from various vantage points? Um. Yes and no. I, I would say not specifically how I was raised, but actually having the opportunity to leave the, the bubble that I grew up in uh, kind of broadened my experiences and my horizons of the world. So like you just mentioned, you know, getting that opportunity to live in a different uh, in a different culture, live in a different country, be married into different cultures. All of that experience really changed my perspective of the world and really opened my eyes to like our unconscious bias to microaggressions to stereotypes and assumptions and you know really dealing with it within myself first of course before I can actually help other people. What would you tell someone who is going through something right now with a family that they married into but those family members are projecting unconscious biases as well as microaggressions on that individual because they haven't even took the time to get to know that individual for who they are and what they bring to the table. And they're so stuck in their cultural ways. 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I actually want to help the family members there um, to unpack themselves. So, you know, the, my, my audience would be the actual family members. But of course, I can so relate to the person who married into the family as well. And I think it takes, um, you know, we can say it takes two to tango. Um, and the conversations can be very difficult. I think that firstly, we have to get the family to realize that they are projecting onto us. And that can be a very sensitive conversation to have. And then we need to get them to a point of recognition that, you know what, maybe we need to take further steps here to, to help educate you about certain things with regards to communications so that we can move forward in a more pleasant way in the future because we don't always want to be like I mean we want our conversations to be natural to be casual um to you know we want to be able to joke around people without like the fear of offending and I know that that's a really big thing that's a really big fear in people's heads right now and to be able to get rid of that fear we need to what I say is Mama Ru always says you got to love yourself before someone else <laughs> you know if you don't love yourself who the hell who the hell else is going to love you? And I always say, if you don't understand yourself, how the hell are you going to understand anyone else? So my mission is it starts with us. It starts with understanding our identity, our perspective of the world, how we were shaped, why we make these connections before we can understand how we are projecting it onto somebody else. And those are the people that I specifically help. And th that is really great. And thank you for sharing that because that was a really good response because it does start with looking at ourselves and our inward image because our inward image as well as how we feel projects outwardly to the external and people could sense that energy that you are giving off the vibrations and etc so as you as you came up with the name the revolutionary conversation guru what made you choose that name yeah, that's a good question. Um, and there was there was so many things to it, really revolutionary, because I was looking for something that's like forward thinking, moving forward, bringing major changes that is a revolutionary inside of us and that we can share with the rest of the world. So it's not just about me. It's about everyone conversation because I that's that's my main area of expertise is I'm going to teach people how to communicate that is my main focus of my coaching and how how to communicate with cross-cultural communication specifically and guru because of my Indian heritage I wanted not to use coach I wanted something tied to my heritage as well and to show my uh, expertise in the field as well Beautiful. So you covered a little bit of everything that encompasses who you are and what you want to portray onto your clients as well as society to leave your impact and make your legacy known. So thinking about where you are now and the experiences that you've learned from in your life, what would you say is your hardest lesson you learned and how did it shape you to become the woman you are today? Oh, big question. <laughs> hmm, the hardest lesson I have learned, you know, there's so many, um, so many things that I've learned in my life. And I'm, I'm just trying to think what was the hardest one? You know, like my dad died when I was six years old. And I think that was 
probably the hardest experience of my life. Um, and it probably shaped a lot of the way that I live my life today, you know, with the, the value that I have for people and for relationships and for authentic relationships. I actually found that I don't, I don't have time in my life for shallow relationships. And that's why I'm so passionate about this work, because I want to work with people who want those authentic relationships. They want to create that harmony. They want, you know, family matters, relationships matters. These are their values. And I feel you. I feel you so much because I, I value that as well. Um, and exactly. So, yeah, I think that would be my the biggest lesson I've learned in my life is that life is short. And we got to value the people that are worth valuing. I say worth valuing because relationships are complicated as well. Yes. And sorry for the loss of your father. I know it was some years ago. And believe me, I could completely resonate where you're coming from because I lost my father. It's been a little over seven months. Eight months will be on the 25th of this month will mark eight months since my father passed and losing my dad. It took a lot because my dad and I were super close and I saw my dad, you know, build these relationships with people, no matter what color they were, but, and just based on how he was brought up and he would literally give you the shirt off his back because he was just that type of caring person. He was quadrangle. He spoke four languages and my dad was just so influential. So it, it goes back to show, yes, you have to give um, people their flowers while they can enjoy them to bloom. And when you said life is short, that reminded me of my mother who's from a West Indies background. And my dad would always tell her, life is not short, it's what you make it. So whenever you were speaking, it felt like he was here with me. So thank you for sharing that hard point, hard part because sometimes it's so difficult to talk about those hard lessons that we go through, but it's those hard lessons that really nurture who we are now because if we never went through the storm, we're not gonna appreciate the sunshine and the rainbow. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love uh, I love your father saying, and again, of, of course, I'm sorry you had to experience that as well. Uh, I think no matter how old we are, a loss of a parent is always um, emotional. Uh, you know, it, it has a big impact in our lives. And um, yeah, I love it. Life is life is short and or it's not short, <laughs> enjoy every minute of it. Um, but yeah, you got to find the value for every single second of your life. There's, there's no time to waste, really. And with you having a communications background and your degree in communications, would you say that it was divine intervention? Or would you say that it's you just tapping into your purpose and fueling your passion? Oh my God, Genesis, I love this question so much. And honestly, I think it was some sort of plan because when I took this degree to begin with, I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. It just, um, you know, it just seemed right at that time, but I had no plan. I had no purpose for it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I took it to honors level. I, I was planning to take it to master's level as well, which I might just still do. But life got ahead of me and I became a teacher. I've been teaching for the last 10 years. I've not used my communication degree. And my life and my experience, one day it just came to me and I was like, 
you know what, this is what I should be doing. And it just, it just kind of loomed out from there, you know? Um, so yeah, there was some sort of plan there that was beyond me. So you had that aha moment where the light bulb went off and you said, it's time for me, Hannah Pillow, to walk into the gifts and talents that are inside of me. And I need to coach, I need to help people develop cross-cultural communications. But you know what? It's no coincidence because you said that you were teaching. So you had to go through that teaching part to give you the foundation on how to truly educate others, how to deal with various personalities, and it strengthened you more to set you up to where you're going now. And then now, just like going into the personal side of your life, you come from a marriage that did not work, but there was a lesson that was learned there to a marriage that you're in now that is thriving, fruitful, prosperous, and et cetera. So looking at being a divorced person to remarrying the love of your life or your newfound love, how would you say that has helped you professionally as well as personally? Well, another great question. Um, yeah, honestly, it it helps. I, I cannot say that having a happy marriage does not help in any way, um, because I think for me, my husband was one of the first people who genuinely supported me through every single stage of my growth and never made me feel like, oh, you know, she, she uh, she's just going through a phase right now. He was always always 110% supportive and behind me and believing in me. And I think that says so much because if you have someone who is rooting for you all the time, it pushes you to keep going forward. And it, um, I can honestly say that his belief in me strengthened my belief in myself as well. Um, and I think that going from a, a relationship that wasn't going so well, that didn't work so well, to a relationship that is, like you said, really thriving and doing so well, I have a deeper sense of appreciation for the relationship I'm in now because of what I experienced in the past. And yeah. So would you say that it's based on the culturals that the first marriage, he was South African and Pakistani culture, and then your current marriage, he's English, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably, I would say probably like, so, so just for a little context, my first husband was, yes, Pakistani, South African, but he was also like first generation Pakistani. So, you know, his parents came from Pakistan directly, whereas in my family, we are like, I'm like third or fourth generation Indian. So my family is a bit more westernized in that sense, because we've been in a Western country for a lot longer. Um, so the culture clash there was really big um, and it didn't fit my ideologies of like what a perfect wife should look like um, according to what they thought a perfect wife, wife should be and what I thought a perfect wife should be. Whereas with my current husband, he's also from a Western world. Um, we relate to the same things. We have the same ideas of what a partnership is. We have the same ideas of what a marriage should be. And we have very similar goals uh, and ambitions for life as well, which is all things we discussed beforehand. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I would definitely say that definitely makes things a lot better because you see that when you're aligned with someone that shares the same wavelength as you, then you could really see eye to eye. And there's something in, you know, scripture that says it's so important to be equally yoked with who you're married with because then you guys are really going to build and strengthen one another because it also says iron sharpens iron. But then you had to go through a failed marriage in order to appreciate the man that now supports you and builds you up and etc and sometimes people see um, people who go through divorce as a negative but it also can be seen as a positive and I would just like to you know strip away this whole quote unquote perfect wife because there's no perfect wife and there's no perfect husband we're all imperfect people trying to become better versions of ourselves and we all are going to have flaws but the most important thing is to remember why you fell in love with that person to remind yourself that marriage is work and you both should be putting in your equal amount in order to consummate the union that you have so the beauty is that you have a communications you know, degree and that gives you a competitive advantage because you know how to communicate to your spouse, but you also have to learn those various love languages to see how your husband loves and how you want to be loved. No, absolutely true. And um, I, I love what you said there, but I also wanted to add like coming from a marriage that didn't work, um, I know that there's a, a huge stigma about walking away from a marriage that 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 isn't just isn't working. And I just want to say that, like, if you if you are in that situation, you know, if you have to make that tough decision, it's OK. You know, think you things will get better. You can move on. I did. It took me years to make that decision because it's such a tough one to make. But if it's the right one for you, you'll know. Um, but yeah, definitely with communication with my current husband is much easier but of course it takes work it takes getting to know each other it takes getting to understand like you said our love languages and not just love languages but also like our anger signals what to do when the other person's angry what to you know what not to do when the other person's angry you learn all these things and I I love I'm very proud of the fact that my home is a non-screaming zone. We've never screamed at each other. We've never had like screaming fights or anything with each other. And I'm really proud to say that. Wow, that is amazing. Because you know how many uh, couples out there will be like envious of that? Because, oh my gosh, there's like scream matches, drag down, all that. So that is incredible. So I commend you, you as well as your husband for that part. And another thing that I really want to zone in on, Hannah, is the subject of diversity, equity, and inclusion, because you are you are a woman that is part of the, the Black and Brown community as well as a minority. So how do you feel about what's taking place in society? And do you feel like the people that are jumping up and raising their hands about, yes, we're diverse, we're equitable, we're inclusive, that they're just jumping on the bandwagon because of what the media has put out there. Because there was always a problem with diversity, equity, and inclusion, especially with people of color, not being able to have a seat at the table, not being able to really be seen and heard. 
So there's two parts to this question. I think that there are definitely people out there who are genuine. They, they're really genuine in wanting to be inclusive, in wanting to change the dialogue. And what I found is that with, with the causes that, that are out there for diversity and inclusion, the, the lacking component is communication, the bridge, because that, that is what we need. You know, we can know, we can know what, is our, what is unconscious bias. We can become more aware of those unconscious bias, but how do we bridge it with the pers- people we are connecting with? How does it come up? How does it manifest? That is the missing link right now. And that is what I've, I've been working into my courses so passionately. Um, and there are, they are people out there, sadly, who are just jumping on the, bad, the bandwagon because, and I think this is maybe more at a corporate level, sad to say, um, is where I'm seeing it. Because I've seen it like even at like my own day job, for example, um, they had like a diversity and inclusion jump and now it's just kind of in the background of the work there's like hardly anything happening anymore it's all optional you don't have to do it um you know and again the communication part is lacking the knowledge part is lacking everything is like to tick a you know just to tick a box and it's not applicable whereas that's why with my course I'm so passionate about making it a course that is applicable to your daily life You know, it's going to give you actual tools to go out there and implement what you've learned in the real world. Yeah, and I would definitely echo that there are a lot of corporations that are doing the check the box syndrome is what I call it. They want to check it off their list. They want to move on and they're only doing as much as they need to do to show their shareholders that they are complying with their bylaws, the policies and rules and regulations. But if it's, if it's not hurting their pocketbook, if it's not causing their metrics to go down, if it's not tainting their brand, then they're not not for it, but there are people who want to be collaborators as well as allies in this space, but some of them don't know how to really have the conversation. And what you were talking about is that's where we need to bridge the gap with the communication to really showcase that, yes, you may not exactly know what to say, but if you put a disclaimer out there and say, hey, I would like to learn more about your culture, or I want to know why did you say what you said, or how does it make you feel? And if we take it from a learning approach versus an assumption approach, then I think we could get more bees with honey. But it it does take work. And it takes all of us coming together to really have those courageous conversations. Because if not, then we're only regressing instead of moving forward. 100% it's a process isn't it like it's it's a process we have to go through and one of the things that I'm highlighting in my coaching program in my course is that we need to be kind to ourselves as well because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of shame that people are feeling about making mistakes they're hiding behind the shame they feel afraid of like apologizing or 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 even bringing it up because they ashamed that it happened in the first place and my course is all about approaching it from a part of self love uh self realization affirmation so every activity that we do will end with self affirmation self love and a message to yourself that hey we're doing this 
to better ourselves. We are here because we are a great person. We want to move towards greatness. We want to be a part of the change and we want to be a part of the solution. Beautiful, because self-awareness is key. If you're not aware of yourself and how you are being portrayed, as well as how you are perceiving yourself, then you're not going to achieve what you set out to achieve because you're allowing certain things that's going on in your life to hold you back and you're not really being your authentic self because you're so worried about you know the shame the guilt the fear the doubt and all those things and it's okay to say that hey I messed up it's okay to say yeah I didn't get it right but you know what today's a new day and I get another chance to start over or it's another it's a new another hour and I get a chance to you know to play again and we always have those different periods in our life where we could hit the reset button. But what happens when you can't hit the reset button, when you're lying on your deathbed, when you're in the coffin, then, you know, game over. But while you're here, you have to take what you have and think about what's going right with you and fix the problems along the way. And you do that by communicating. You do that by having those hard discussions as well as looking yourself openly and honestly in the mirror and calling yourself out on the BS. Yes, calling yourself out on the BS with love and kindness to yourself as well. That, that, that would be my main thing because I think we can, be, we can be our harshest critics and that can hold us back as well. I know it has done me for sure. And I love the coffin analogy as well because how I describe it, Genesis, is that every time we, na- we actually nail that, uh, that nail into the coffin of our relationships and we nail it one harder and harder and harder and the, ha- the deeper the nail goes, the harder it is for us to take it out because the damage is just getting deeper and deeper. And then that relationship that the barriers we create are just, they just become too much to break down. And that is where we want, that's what we want to avoid getting to. We want to avoid getting to that place where there's like a point of no return or a point of it's really much more difficult to return from this. I love that analogy too, with the nails. I didn't even think about it that way. So thanks for sharing that example. And as we begin to wind down, Hannah, what tips would you give the listeners as well as the viewers who want to do more in the cross-cultural communication space, as well as maybe launch their own business? Yeah, (laughs) launch your own business. That that one is... um... There's so much to unpack on launching your own business, um, but let's start with the, the communication part. Um, one thing I would say is to start tracking what you are saying and why you are saying it. So just those two things for now, writing down exactly what you said to who and why did you say it? And then after a while, you'll be able to track a pattern. Am I speaking a certain way to one person? Am I using this vocab specifically with this person? Is it different with that person? Why? The first step to being able to identify it is to actually track the patterns. And you're going to have to do this for at least a month so you can build up a lot of things to track and this is something I really help people with in my coaching programs to really get into the habit of how to analyze your patterns. Um, With regards to starting a business, um, I would say that you need to be 110,000% passionate about what it is you're starting your business in because if you are not, it is 
damn hard. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like you need that passion to drive you. You need, you know, people keep kept saying to me in the beginning, like, know your why, know your why. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what, what do you mean, know my why? Like, I'm, I'm in it too, because I want to solve this problem. That's not a why enough. Your why needs to be that reason that keeps you going when things get hard. It needs to be so strong that you you know, it drives you forward every time you're like, oh my God, this is difficult. Oh my God, I need to, you know, I need to drive past this. I need to keep going. I need to be consistent. And then that why is going to come up and push you forward. You, that's your passion and your why need to be that strong. So if you're not feeling that way about your business, you need to re reassess your, you know, why are you doing this? And is this the right business for me? <laughs> Beautiful. Those are really good. So let's just recap. So know your why for your business and drill down into it and see, is it what you're passionate about? Because your why is going to motivate you on the days when you don't feel like getting up out of bed, when you don't feel like building your business, when you don't feel like going to knock on doors or send emails or cold calls. So get a why and make it personal to you as well as your business and make sure that it's something that's always going to make you tick in order to grow and then the other part that Hannah mentioned is oh my gosh we gotta highlight it so the other part that Hannah really 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 mentioned that stood out to me was about you you have to take that personal approach and ask yourself what am I saying? Why am I saying it? And to who I am saying it? And that is so personal because if you're not really analyzing what's coming out of your mouth, how you're saying it, and who you're saying it to, then you're not going to have the metrics to analyze. If you have that stinking thinking, if you're letting negative Nancy spend a night in your head, and if you're having those days where you're just ugly for no apparent reason to a particular person, and if you're ugly to that particular person, what's the root cause analysis that's causing you to project that way to that specific person? Is there another underlying issue that is causing you to feel the way that you feel where you have to talk to that person in a certain tone, manner, and just disrespect them? To you, it may not be disrespecting, but to them, it's disrespect. So that is so personal. And that's about doing a health check on you as an individual. So Hannah, I want you to tell the listeners, as well as the viewers, once again, who you are, how they could connect with you on social media. And if they want to sign up for your coaching class, give that information as well. Absolutely. So you can find me on, uh, well, I'd, I'd encourage you to join my Facebook group, which is called Champagne Wine and a Glass of Multicultural Communication. And yeah, it is a safe space for you to join and dialogue. And just, you know, you could connect with other people who are having similar issues. It's a non-judgmental space and we are all here to help each other. And that is a place I would encourage you to join to get started. Uh, as to where you can find me on social media, I'm on Instagram as the Revolutionary Conversation Guru. I'm on LinkedIn as Hannah Pillow. 
And if you do want to join my coaching program, then send me a DM on Instagram or LinkedIn and I'll connect you to the application form. And there you have it, listeners and viewers. You just heard Hannah Pillow, the revolutionary conversation guru, discuss cross-cultural communications on GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Our call to action for this segment is to connect with Hannah and I on Instagram. The information will be in the show notes. Make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as the podcast on Anchor FM, as well as other places that it's being broadcast. And if you want to provide your feedback, you can head on over to anchor.fm backslash Genesis Amaris Kent to leave a voice note and comment, and you could be featured on the next episode. Until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Signing out, Genesis Amaris Kent and Hannah Pillow. Bye.